What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the latest episode of Quick Hits. My name is Blake Pace. It is Tuesday, December 15th. Uh, we're going back to our roots here with this episode. I, you know, I float so often around in the different things with this show that we're going to do, and I always tried to keep this one to be a shorter form podcast, something that was in that 25 to 30 minute range. Obviously, you know, my gambling uh, shows with Teddy have been going in that hour to hour 25 range. And, and uh, you know, we're thinking about doing something um, beyond this season next year that would kind of give us the platform to do that. And we're going to keep it, you know, the same way that we've got it throughout the show. But these other episodes, I've been meaning to keep it quicker, um, you know, stay true to what I had liked on this. So we are going to we're going to keep things moving along in a short and orderly fashion here with quick hits. Uh, this is our week 14 recap uh, episode. I won't need to be spending a lot of time on certain games at this point of the season. I think now that we're towards the last month of the regular season, a lot of these games are just, hey, you know, maybe we can mention what this does to their draft stock, or man, these teams really we don't need to be spending too much time talking about. And there's a bunch of games that we can go through on this slate uh, that, that kind of kicked that off, which is why I was kind of thinking about it. I was, you know, getting notes ready for the show, and I was just like, I don't need to spend a lot of time talking about Cowboys Bengals or, you know, or uh, even what was the other game I was just thinking about? Oh, Falcons Chargers. Don't need to spend a lot of time talking on that one. Um, so we're, we're going to keep this true to form um, and keep it on a short one. I will say that we aren't going to be able to cover uh, Ravens Browns uh, when you're hearing this um, on, on Tuesday. Um, I ended up having something that I had to go attend to on Monday night. So I won't be able to uh, to talk about that after the game should be a really fun Ravens-Browns matchup prediction. Let's just do it, and we'll see how it looks like tomorrow. I am predicting a Ravens win here. Um, Low-scoring game. They get it done. Uh, Willie Sneed returning. Number two wide receiver will be a nice addition for them. Predicting a somewhat decent game for him in that pass offense. J.K. Dobbins has been tearing it along. Uh, But I do believe the Browns will keep pace. I think we'll get a large game from uh, Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, Hungry Dog runs faster to me, and the Ravens still have historically owned the Browns, so I'm going to ride with the Ravens here. Uh, they've got to win out if they want to uh, to sniff the postseason. So um, hopefully I'm right. We'll find out. You guys already know by the time that you're hearing this, so uh, hopefully I don't sound like too much of an idiot. But let's move along into talking everything about Week 14. Some games, like I said, we will not spend a ton of time on. I will try and you know, dive into a few games that I think were pivotal for this week and, and, and its implications for the rest of the season, you know, the postseason, all of that. So let's kick it off. Thursday night football, real easy one to, to chalk up there. Rams beat the Patriots 24-3. Rams 9-4 and four now. Patriots 6-7. and seven. New England has seven or more losses for the first time in a season since 2002. Things are grim in New England. My one thing with the Patriots, just watch out. Now that they're out of contention, week 17, I could see them benching everybody just so they don't have to face Trevor Lawrence for the next two, uh, uh, you know, two times a year for the next decade and a half. So that's where I'm at with the Patriots. Lost season, um, still really impressive, you know, for Bill Belichick. He beats up on bad coaches, and then those teams that have good coaches and good players, it's too much to overcome. So that's why they destroy the Chargers. That's why they beat up on, uh, you know, the Jets. Uh, They get that win. But then against teams like the Rams, they don't stand a chance. And for the Rams... I've been saying it all season. This is a, you know, you have to consider them as a legit threat to uh, represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I think it's, you know, I, I still believe at the end of the day, the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl this year. I don't see anybody stopping them if they stay healthy. Um, but right now I am between the Rams and the Packers 
for the Super Bowl. And to me, the Rams are the more complete team. They just don't have Aaron Rodgers. They don't have Devontae Adams. So that's why I kind of lean Packers a little bit, my preseason pick uh, to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. But Rams, really great team. You know, sound defensively, one of the best defenses in football. If the offensive line is doing its job for Jared Goff, he is a good enough quarterback to get the job done. They dominated the Patriots. Easy win for him. Move along to Sunday. Not a lot of time to spend on this one. Broncos, Panthers, um, ugly game, two bad teams. Good for Drew Locke. Had a great game, career high, four passing touchdowns. Uh, had, a, had a really good game. No, no turnovers, high completion percentage. Um, to me, you know, it, with Drew Locke, it, it's one of those situations where, you know, people would get mad at me for jumping off the ship too quick because, hey, you know, I, I, I stayed on the ship for Josh Allen's first three years and, and look at what he's turned into. Drew Locke has been so inconsistent. Um, he does give you the heart attacks like Allen would early in his career and Allen still does sometimes now too. I'm not out on Drew Locke, but if the options are available to upgrade, I think you got to take advantage of it, especially with an old head coach in Vic Fangio, an aging defense. You've got young playmakers now. Now is the time to go if you're John Elway. So I'm impressed with Locke. He had a good game, but it was a bad Panthers team. I need to see it more. I need to just, I don't feel too great about it. For the Panthers, 4-9, and nine, I foreshadowed this season. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I apologize when they were 3-1. and one. They're now 4-9. and nine. I take back the apology. I was right about you. It's a fun team that next year will be a lot better pushing for the playoffs, in my opinion. Um, but this isn't the year. I still don't believe Teddy Bridgewater is the long-term fix there. If they're picking high enough, I would love to see them attack the quarterback position in the draft. Texans-Bears. Bears win 36-7. to uh, They're now 6-7 and on the year. The Texans fall to 4-9. and uh, look, Deshaun Watson can't do everything. Um, and right now the Bears have the better team, you know, and, and for Mitch, hats off to him. For Matt Nagy, hats off to him. For Ryan Pace, hats off to him. It's, you know, all three of them are going to be in jeopardy of losing their jobs this year. At the very least, one of them will, and that's Mitch. They will not bring him back as a quarterback next year. I'm not sure what happens with the head coach and general manager. They're still only six and seven. It's not awful. Good for them, though. They needed a win. They needed to have something to hold against in just their, their personal, um, you know, you know their hearts. And, and you know, they, they just needed a win over Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes before this thing blew up as just a feel-good game. Happy for them. Um, but even though I, I don't see a lot happening here. Um, Texans, man. Protect Deshaun Watson. I just, I, I would hate to see this man's career just get picked apart um, because of injuries and, and inability to build around him. Texans, fucking mess. That Jack Easterby story that came out over the weekend, holy shit. They are going to have a tough time finding people that want to go there. Fortunately, they have Deshaun Watson, but that might be the only reason that I would say, yeah, I want to be the head coach of the Houston Texans. Just their quarterback, because everything else uh, is pretty miserable. And that goes for head coach and GM. Like I said, not a whole lot to talk about with the Cowboys and Bengals. Uh, Cowboys win it 30-7. to They're 4-9 on the year. Bengals fall to 2-10-1, the Andy Dalton revenge game. Um, Dallas' first win by more than three points this season, which is hilarious. Bad game, two bad teams. Oh, here's my note on the Cowboys. The report came out. It's not going to be a one-and-done for Mike McCarthy. And uh, there's, there's something to be said about letting something run its course and saying, oh, maybe we just had a very unlucky year. Yeah, you lost Dak Prescott. You had a lot of injuries. The defense has been awful. 
But Mike McCarthy isn't a head coach that's going to turn the Dallas Cowboys into a winning football team. So at that point, I, I have always said, I give so much credit to teams that understand from day one or from year one, we have to move on. We can't keep going with this guy. We're just going to keep wasting time uh, because if the Cowboys hold on to McCarthy and like I predict, he won't be the guy that can get them to be a winning football team, then you're wasting more years of Dak's career and, and Zeke and these wide receivers and the offensive line. It's only going to get worse and less complicated. That's why I didn't blame the Cardinals for moving off of, of uh, Vance Joseph and Josh, Josh Rosen. That's why I criticized the Titans and Buccaneers for not moving on from Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston early enough. You know, Tampa, you know, they're, they're going to be a playoff team. The Titans almost made it to the Super Bowl last year, had an historic run after replacing those quarterbacks. What if, maybe if you let them go even a year earlier, you know, if you moved on from Tannehill and, or sorry, from Mariota and Winston early on, they held on to them for too long. I criticized it. We've obviously criticized Adam Gase for being in New York way too long. Now I'm at the point where, yes, he deserves the 0-16 season, but I was never in the mindset that he should have been brought back last year or the year before. I was on fire Adam Gase from day one. Um, I kind of feel the same way of a situation in Cincinnati with Zach Taylor. Look, the roster is awful, and he's got ownership that doesn't like to spend money, and his star quarterback that he finally gets to work with tears his ACL because the offensive line can't protect him. But I'm on the side that Zach Taylor, to me, just doesn't wow me as a coach. If I'm seeing teams like Brian Flores turn the Dolphins around when they have an empty roster, or the Giants with Joe Judge being turned around when they have an empty roster, I can tell what coaches have it and which coaches don't. I don't really believe that Zach Taylor does. Um, so, you know, talking about both of these teams now, uh, I guess I would just say, look, rip the Band-Aid off, because you're just going to prolong this. You're going to make it look uglier. Look, there's no shame in saying, hey, we made a wrong decision here. We fucked up. It was one year, it went really bad, the team doesn't like him, we've got chemistry issues being leaked out a month into the season, we fucked up. Now we're moving on. Because now if you hold on to him and you fuck up for a second year, like I said, Dak is only getting older, he's only getting more expensive, um, you know, I, I've hated the Zeke contract for a while now, um, it's obvious that it's one of the worst in football, but... You know, whatever you do with him, he's only going to be getting worse at this point in his career. Same with the offensive line. You know, you're, you're wasting these guys' careers around. When you have a team with a ton of talent that can go somewhere, if things get right, go and find that good head coach. Don't bring back Mike McCarthy. Um, that's just, you know, to me, one of the bigger storylines of the week is when they came out and said they're keeping McCarthy. I just don't, I, I don't see the point in doing it. You know, I look, we're at a point, too, where, you know, I guess it's a little bit of a different situation, um, but I, I believe in a few years we'll saying, okay, well, why did the Eagles hold on to Wentz for so long? Or why did the Rams hold on to Jared Goff for so long? Or, hey, why did the 49ers hang on to Jimmy Garoppolo so long? I, I think one of those three teams will make the right decision. Obviously, you know, the Eagles have tried to make theirs midseason with Jalen Hurts, and we'll discuss that game in a little bit. But, you know, I have to think that, you know, the 49ers will be smart enough to say, we got to move on from Jimmy G., the Rams, if there's a better option available, I'd move on from Jared Goff, too. I know. I know he's not bad. He's a very, you know, doable starter. But if he, if, if he's what's holding the team back at the end of the day, don't say, okay, well, he's gonna only going to get better. We're paying him so much money. we got to keep him around. I'm all in on, hey, we fucked up. Let's move on now rather than later and screw ourselves out of a few more years where we could have been, you know, pushing for the playoffs or even been title contenders. 
I love how I said I didn't need to talk much about that game and then had stuff to share. Uh, Packers-Lions. Packers clinched the NFC North. They have been dominating their division all season. Uh, 10-3 now. They, to me, really just made... Uh, not, not that. Okay, no. We're going to talk about what the Saints did later on. But the Packers were handed the biggest favor uh, across the NFL this past week because now they're in control of the number one seed, which means home field advantage throughout the postseason um, if, they, you know, if they hold on and, and win out. And I just think that that, is, uh, that means a lot when you've got Noodle Arm Drew Brees trying to play in January. So pay attention to that for the Lions. Uh, Matthew Stafford, you know, unfortunately gets banged up again late at the end of the game. Um, I would love to see him in a better situation next year if Detroit decides to hit reset. We'll have to see what they do. Obviously, you know, I've already predicted Robert Sala will be the next head coach there, uh, bringing an offensive mind from San Francisco with him. Titans-Jaguars. Really thought the Jaguars were going to keep this one close. They switched from Glennon back to Minshew. Whole just weird situation there. Uh, Titans now 9-4. and four. Really hoping they can slip up a little bit here so I can feel more comfortable about the Colts making the postseason. I would much rather uh, them winning the division than having to um, you know, fight along with these other wildcard teams. It just makes me nervous. Uh, Derrick Henry, tractor Cito season. He just gets better as the season goes on. 200-plus uh, rushing yards and two-plus touchdowns for the fourth time in his career. The man is an animal. Uh, Jacksonville, to me, one of the more tr intriguing uh, available jobs this offseason when you think about it. At the very least, they are going to get either Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields at quarterback, and then they're also going to have young weapons like James Robinson, DJ Chark, uh, some fun young guys on defense. I would. It's Jacksonville. I get it. I get that it's Jacksonville. But um, I think this is the one time where I'm like, okay, the right GM and right head coach could do some damage in Jacksonville. If they nail this quarterback right, if they nail the coaching hire right, it could be really good in Jacksonville. Really enticing job. Uh, Chiefs-Dolphins. Chiefs win it 33-27. to Chiefs win despite Patrick Mahomes throwing three interceptions. Um, they clinched the AFC West with the win. Really fun game. Um, you know, I never thought that the, the Dolphins were going to win, but it, it just, it, it was a really good uh, morale game, I guess, for Miami. It's a, it's a uh, positive loss, I guess, if you could say anything, because, hey, you can hang with the best team in the NFL with your rookie quarterback, with a limited rush attack, with Devontae Parker being injured. Brian Flores, fucking coach of the year, if it's not Ron Rivera. This team is 8-5. and five. If they make the postseason and Washington does, and I say you give Flores the coach of the year honors, he has been magnificent, um, and, I, and I hope that uh, they can keep things going. Here's my thing with Tua. Uh, he's, he, to me, he, he had a really good game uh, against Kansas City, and by that I mean, look, he's a very efficient quarterback. He's a very smart quarterback. Um, I did believe he threw his first interception of his career this past week, but hey, you know, the Chiefs are no joke. Yeah, his first pick, 28-48 for 316 and two touchdowns. Like I said, with a limited rush attack, with your top receiver going out, um, against the Chiefs defense, that is no joke. Really impressive stuff from Tua. I'm, I'm buying in. I am. I think that he's in a great situation. Um, and while I don't believe he... 
my thing at the end of the day, I still had Tua as a, a, a round one grade at the quarterback position. I just prefer my quarterbacks, and I say this every time we talk about this, I prefer my quarterbacks to be big with strong arms and mobile. Justin Herbert and Burrow are better at all three of those things than Tua. I do believe Tua can be a winner in this situation, though. He's got, he's got the best situation of any rookie quarterback. I mean, yeah, you know, the, the Chargers have all these great weapons at receiver, but they've got a bad offensive line, a bad defense, and the worst coach in the NFL. Uh, Joe Burrow, fun weapons around him too, but one of the worst defenses, the worst offensive line, and in my opinion, not great coaching. So for Tua, he can get the job done here. I'm at least buying into Tua for his rookie contract. You know, see what he does in the next four years. Flores is a guy that could win with average play at the quarterback position. This is re reminiscent of me to a Los Angeles Rams a few years ago, um, you know, where they were like, okay, we've got Jared Goff on this rookie contract. We've got a great team around him and great coaching. Let's go win a Super Bowl. And they almost did it. Really liked what I saw from Tua against his toughest task of the year. Um, and then for the Chiefs, they're healthy. They're the Super Bowl champs to me. I mean, they can overcome any deficit. When they're down 10 in Patrick Mahomes' career, he's what, 8-1, I believe? 8-1 when, tra when trailing by 10 or more points in a game. The rest of the league has a win percentage of uh, .160 in that time span. The dude's fucking ridiculous. Him, Tyreek, Travis Kelsey. It's, it's so good. People, people were trying to down the Chiefs today. Oh, they've, they've had these one-possession games. They're barely pulling them out. It, you know, at a certain point, they, stop they take their foot off the gas a little bit. Now, that wasn't the situation with Miami, but it was with Tampa. They were like, okay, we won this game in the first half. We don't really need to put our foot on the gas. We can slow down a little bit. We don't want to throw away more stuff of our playbook or see how we would scheme against them for a full 60 minutes. Let's just relax. We're the best team in football. When the playoffs come, we'll turn it up a notch. I think they will. To me, they're, they're the Super Bowl champs. I think it's them and Green Bay facing off in the Super Bowl. But if it's not Green Bay, give me the Rams. Cardinals-Giants. Man, I was fucking wrong about this one. And I, and I picked the Cardinals at the beginning of the week. I said, okay, everybody's selling on the Cardinals. Everybody's buying into the Giants. This is the perfect time to take the Cardinals. And then I went back and I said, wait, Kyler Murray is playing hurt. This is a legit defense. And then, of course, Kyler seems to be fine. He ran again for 10 or more times, which seems to be the, you know, the deciding factor between them winning or losing games when he rushes uh, for 10 or more times. I forget the record. I believe it might be 6-1, and one, something like that in his career. Um, he's great. Kyler Murray's great. He was healthy. They proved me wrong. Daniel Jones was awful. Uh, the offensive line took a, a massive step back after a month of really solid play. Um, and then their defense really just got worked. Th this was so interesting to me because I, I just was so puzzled the entire game. The Giants have the clear advantage defensively, the massive advantage coaching-wise, and yet at the end of the day, it was the quarterback play that really made the difference. Kyler is much better than Daniel Jones, and uh, that was the difference maker. How about Hassan Reddick, though? Weird, weird, crazy game for him. Five sacks, three forced fumbles. That was a guy, former, what, 11th or 13th overall pick a couple years ago. Great game for him. All right, Buccaneers, Vikings. Bucks win it 26 to 14. Tampa um, sitting at 8 and 5 now. Vikings fall to 6 and 7. I, I'm out on the Buccaneers. I really am. You know, for the first half of that game, they looked awful. 
And, you know, Brady is one of those guys where you say typically coming out of the bye, he's very prepared and they have a great game plan and things go really well. Um, they won by 12. Dan Bailey missed 10 points as a kicker for the Vikings. So that's a 26-24 to 24 game. Maybe Tampa doesn't score as much if uh, Dan Bailey isn't giving them the ball back after missing, you know, field goals. I'm out on the Buccaneers. I am. It, it just, something's clunky there. And now everybody's saying, shit, if Brady's coming back next year, Bruce Harrings might be out of a job. It's such a weird situation. It's so weird. It makes me, you know... It really does make you feel like, hey, Belichick, Belichick really was the key to this thing. Because now Brady, you know, Brady had his weird relationship with Bill where it was like they just seemed to have a working relationship together. Him and McDaniels were always the, the pairing that like everybody was like, oh, well, these two are really solid together. And now we've got another head coach where him and Brady just do not seem to like each other. They just have too much talent to be this meh. Unless they turn it up, unless they're just, like I said, with the Chiefs, they're just like, all right, we're just going to show up in the playoffs. You know, we can get there. But, I mean, when was the last time we, we watched a Buccaneers game and said, wow, they look impressive? They look impressive for maybe a quarter a game. But then that's 45 minutes where are like, I, I just need more out of you. We haven't been getting that. Real fun game for uh, my Indianapolis Colts. 44-27 over the Raiders. Just, just dominated them, really. Um, ground game was humming. Costanzo back in the lineup really seems to make a difference. Jonathan Taylor is seeming to really find his stride now, which is, hey, the perfect timing as they get towards this postseason. T.Y. Hilton getting things going. Uh, defensively, physical, physical football team. Um, and they forced the Raiders to fire their defensive coordinator after the game. The Raiders started 6-3. and three. They've lost three of their last four. Now you kind of have to nail the, you know, put the nail in the coffin and say, hey, we're probably not making the postseason. I don't know many playoff teams that are firing coordinators with a month left to go in the regular season. Um, still a good season for them, though. I, I will say, despite the lack of talent on their defense, you know, they've got a couple young guys that are interesting. I'm not as high on Jonathan Abram as everybody else in the world is. He seems to me kind of an essential, you know, a less talented Jamal Adams where he'll make a lot of pops. He'll, he'll get a lot of fun hits where you go, damn, you just smoked that running back. But he also misses a lot and he gets burnt a lot. He makes bad reads a lot. Um, but for the Raiders, you know, they, they obviously need to spend more on defense. They need to draft defensively better. You know, that Damon Arnett pick at, at 17 in the draft last year, it's like, holy shit, what are you doing? Um, but I like their offense. I like their offensive line. I like John Gruden. It's a good team. It's a good team. Just not one that's going to make the playoffs. They, they need help defensively. Colts humming, uh, but you know, they've, they've got a small margin for error. You know, I, I give them one more loss this season to Pittsburgh. That's the one you can lose. You got to close out the schedule against the Texans and the Jaguars. You cannot lose one of those games or else you're going to be in a really tough position when it comes to, you know, finding a role in that playoff, uh, especially if a team like the Ravens start to get things rolling. Nothing to talk about here. The Seahawks beat the Jets 40-3. to I was on the Jets plus 16.5. I just was like, ah, oh, Seattle hasn't been playing too well. The Jets have been frisky recently, especially on offense. They've been putting up points. Ugly, ugly fucking game. Um, that's all I want to say. I Look, here's my thing. 
<laughs> Whenever the Seahawks win games against bad teams, I always, I always need to go out there and say this. Stop buying the Seahawks this year. They're not a good football team. And what I mean, sorry, they're not a great football team. You know, the teams that I would take over them in the NFC are the Packers, the Rams. I'd take the Saints over them. And I'm not even that big of a Saints fan. Um, I would take... Uh, Tampa would be interesting. I do like Tampa's defense as they match up with Seattle. That one, I'd say they're right. They're, to me, they're in the Tampa Bay range. Where I'd say, okay, if you get hot in a game, things could go really well. Um, but I'm just not buying the Seahawks. Even though a 40-3 win is an ass-whooping, I'm um, just... It's the Jets. They're trying to be 0-16. Bill Belichick is going to screw him out of it, though. Second reminder on this podcast. <laughs> All right, four more games to discuss. The Falcons and the Chargers. Badgley hits that game-winning 43-yarder as time expires for the Chargers to win 20-7. Both teams are 4-9. These teams are the same. They're identical. They're just unlucky. It was, And we got exactly what we thought in the fourth quarter. It was, okay, who is going to lose this one eventually? Because both of them were just trying to hand the win to the other team. Turnovers in the fourth quarter, um, you know, dumb play calls. It was a mess. Not much to say. Anthony Lynn is the worst active head coach in football. Oh, can I say that? Or is it Adam Gase? It is Adam Gase. He's the second worst active head coach in football. Please, LA, I, I, I need you to lose out. I can't have you finish the year at a 6-10. and 10. I can give you one more win, but I really need you to start losing out. Because I need four wins. I need to move on from Anthony Lynn. Can't risk anything more. Oh, what a stupid fucking game. All right, moving on. 10-3 Saints fall to the 4-8-1 Philadelphia Eagles in Jalen Hurts' uh, NFL starting debut. They win it 24-21 Philadelphia with two rushers on the day, Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts. Hmm. You know, I got to say this is a big fuck you game to Teddy. You know, I don't know if he'll listen to this episode, but if he does, fuck you, Teddy. He told me for three weeks, stop betting against the Saints. Stop betting against the Saints. So I finally listened to him. I bet again, I bet on the Saints. And I knew something was fishy about this game. The spread, six and a half. I was like, ah, it should be more. Something's weird about this. And then the Saints, it, it, it's insane Um because we all can acknowledge, and Sean Payton can acknowledge this too, he's just never going to, that Jameis Winston is the better quarterback than Taysom Hill. The problem is, is that Sean Payton needs control. He needs to be the one controlling this offense. And with Taysom, he can control it. Because Taysom's not going to take those risks. Jameis is going to go out there and fucking sling that thing. And yes, it will cause turnovers, but it'll also move the ball down the field, which Taysom Hill cannot do at times. He was really bad. He has been bad. And look, here's here's the thing. The Saints just cost themselves their best shot at making it to the Super Bowl. If the Super Bowl runs through New Orleans, they had that was their best shot at getting there. Cuz Drew Brees doesn't have an arm and he certainly cannot have an arm in playing in January in Wisconsin. He's not that quarterback. He doesn't have it anymore. You need him indoors. You need him in good weather. 
their best shot at making it to the Super Bowl, and I never thought that they would, but their best shot was running it through New Orleans. And now having to go on the road if they can't re, uh, reclaim this number one seed, it'll go down as a, as a really dumb decision because I do believe Jameis Winston at quarterback beats the, Saint, beats the Eagles this week. The Eagles did not look good. Everybody wants to buy into the, the Jalen Hurts. He got his first win, and, and hats off to him for the situation he was in, for the talent that's been around him, for the awful chemistry that's been going on in that locker room. Good for him to get that first win. He wasn't good. He wasn't. He took advantage of a few rollouts. They ran him a lot, and it paid off. But he wasn't good. I, I don't look at him and say that's a future starting NFL quarterback. I don't. Uh, but they get the win. I don't know where they go from here. You know, obviously, you start Hurts through the rest of the season. Hopefully, it goes well. They're 4-8-1. and one. Wouldn't it be something if they somehow stuck their way into the playoffs? That would be hilarious. But the next team that they would have to get through to get there is the Washington football team, who had uh, one of the more shocking wins of the week to me. I really thought that the 49ers would be able to take care of business um, of course, playing in Arizona, but they were the home team. Uh, but hey, defensive touchdowns are a rarity, and when they happen, they're very fluky. And when you get two of them in the same game, you're probably going to win that game. So Washington gets uh, two defensive touchdowns. Actually, for the first time since uh, 1997 that they had that happen. As I said, they win 23-15. They're now 6-7, first place in the NFC East. Will they hold on to it? I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't know what we're going to get out of the Giants next week or through the remainder of the season. I don't know. Um, but Washington does look like the best team right now. Um, their, their defense is amazing uh, on the front seven, and the secondary isn't bad enough where it's historically bad. You know, it's not like a Seattle secondary or a Jets secondary. It's, a, it's, it's, it's bad, but it's not terrible. Um. And offensively, since Alex Smith was Alex Smith was the quarterback, they had had a top ten offense in the NFL. Obviously, the injury um, makes it look like we'll get Dwayne Haskins again, so you have to be a little bit worried of of what they can do on offense. But he's back there, so we'll see what they can get done. Maybe they can hold on to it. Um, and for the 49ers, it was so funny on the betting podcast. If you listened on Friday, I was like, "Man, Nick Mullins, he throws for a lot of yards. <laughs> he was awful." It was one of the worst quarterback performances I think I've ever watched. It was really bad. Let me pull up the stat line just to see if it does it any justice for how bad it was. Because I didn't look at the box score at the end. So yeah, it, it doesn't even look that bad when you take a look at the box score. I mean, the completion percentage is awful, 25 of 45. But 261 touchdown one pick, you go, eh, it wasn't that bad. It was awful. He was really, really bad. And... uh Man, they couldn't get, you know, a ton of control in the ground game. Most are at 65, Wilson at 31. Losing Debo, I think I think Debo is just one of those guys that's so hard to game plan for because you can use him out of the backfield. You use him in motion a lot. I mean, he's a really talented young receiver. I think losing him hurt a lot, and they had to go very heavy to Brandon Ayuk. Hey, 10 catches for 119 yards. Very impressive uh, young wide receiver there. Um, I don't want to spend a whole lot of more time on this game I'm not sure if Washington can win. I hope they don't because I bet a future on the Giants to win the division at plus 5-10 odds. So who knows? Uh, but both of these teams, to me, are still they're still bad football teams, you know. And then how about Sunday night? 
Nobody circles the... <laughs> Let me try that again. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo wins it 26-15 over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh loses two straight. Bills now 10-3. Steelers now become the two seed in the AFC. The Chiefs move up to the number one seed. Uh, Buffalo first win at home versus Pittsburgh since 1999. Um, you know, the comparisons, I, I saw a lot of people making the comparisons between the Bills of today versus the Steelers of 15 years ago. And, and there's a, I mean, the similarities are pretty scary. You know, Big Ben and Josh Allen had kind of the same upbringing into the NFL where it was this very uh, raw quarterback out of college, didn't go to a big program, like I said, was a, a raw prospect. We had a lot of great tools, big and mobile with a giant arm. The head coaches were both teammates at college at William & Mary. Um, both head coaches, you know, both have young offensive coordinators that are hot shit and Brian Dable. And back then it was uh, Bruce Arians. The, the comparisons are kind of eerie, you know, a little bit. But um, I just, every day I think of how proud I am of Josh Allen and I'm proud of the Bills for sticking with him. Because, you know, it wasn't a situation where Josh Rosen, where it was like, oh, this dude just probably isn't comfortable being a quarterback in the NFL. You know, Allen would give you wow plays every game. He would also just give you ones where you go, God, I don't, I don't know, man. How do you fix this? But he's fixed it. He's thrown 70, completing 70% of his passes this year. Another thing with the Bills, if I was a GM... And you told me, okay, you got to give me four wide receivers to all work together. The combination of Diggs, Brown, Beasley, and then, you know, Gabriel or whoever you want to throw in at that four spot. That is the, that is what, that, that is my dream for receivers. They all do something different at a very elite level. Obviously, Stefan Diggs is a legit top receiver in this league. He can do everything. John Brown is the guy that stretches the field. Cole Beasley works underneath and is just that gritty slot receiver that gets you yards and catches every game. And then, you know, Gabriel Davis or all these other, you know, receivers are kind of just, you know, we're going to run them around the backfield a little bit. We'll do something funky with them once in a while. I love Buffalo. Um, I got to people, you know, say, okay, are they the, the second best option to make it to the Super Bowl, um, you know, from the AFC side of things? And I just don't think they have the defense to really um, – you know, their offense can keep pace with the Chiefs, I believe, but their defense just will continue to get gashed. So at some point, that defense needs to make a stop. And I do like their corner play, but the front seven has been messy this year. It's had a lot of problems up front. And um, so, uh, you know, I, I love the Bills and I love where they're going, but their defense definitely has taken a step back compared to last year. And I'm kind of just, I you know... I mean, if Josh Allen is on and he can keep pace with Mahomes and just keep going back and forth and back and forth, then sure. But I just, I don't think their defense has what it takes to really say, okay, they can go in there and they can stop Patrick Mahomes a few times a game. I just don't think they're there yet. And it's sad because last year, I think their defense was great, but their offense had limitations. Now it's kind of flipped a little bit, but... Who knows? I, I do love the Bills. I, I would love to see them in the Super Bowl. You know, it's so boring to predict Kansas City because they're just clearly the best team in football. But um, I just, at the end of the day, I can't confidently say that I think the Bills have what it takes to get to that next step. So we shall see how this all unfolds. Um, that'll wrap it up for, uh, 
for this podcast right in that 35 minute range so hopefully kept a little bit closer to what i had wanted um really appreciate you guys listening as always make sure to go like subscribe review the podcast um you know reach out to me talk to me about the show what you like about it where you disagree with me um and then we'll keep this thing keeping on we might do a middle of the week podcast maybe a wednesday or thursday one but we will always definitely be back on friday with teddy doing week 15 picks against the spread i did beat him again this week uh, we didn't have great weeks i was just below 500 teddy was a little bit lower um but you know uh we will keep this on have a winning week in week 15 and then carry that all the way through the end of the regular season Thank you guys so much for listening to Quick Hits. My name is Blake Pace, and I'll talk to you soon.